Okay, let's go ahead and, and get right into the text. So let's stand together uh, and let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 9. This is the instruction of our Lord to us about how, how we should pray. Beginning in verse 9, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. So, so we do have, we've got Jesus' model prayer here, and that's what we're, we're wanting to learn, wanting to know about, about how, how do we pray, and we, we've seen why does He tell us to, to pray these things, and what does the Bible teach us about uh, what is meant by and, and in uh, each one of these prayers, and, and how does God answer uh, these prayers. And so now we're on to this last prayer request, the last thing that we're coming to the righteous judge uh, and asking him to do, hopefully as persistently uh, as that widow. And we're asking God to deliver us from evil, okay, to deliver us from evil. And we've we've talked about why we would even need to pray that. We've talked about what evil, the, the desire of the evil one, the evil ones and the evil ones of this world, what they're trying to do to us as God's children. We've, we've looked at the war in general that we're a part of as God's children. Uh, and now in the last few weeks, we've been looking at not the, the, the war, but we've been zeroing in on how do we handle particular battles in that war? How do you and I make sure that we faithfully fight not just in the war, because we're in the war. How do we win? Uh, how do we win the battle? How do we faithfully uh, uh, fight those particular battles that come our way? Those particular ways that the devil is bringing evil upon us, temptation upon us. How do we? How do we battle that? And so we've talked about specific battles. We've talked about how to handle them. We uh, we talked about how to think. Uh, how to think about uh, the battles. How to we talked about how to think about the the war as a whole. You know, that rather than being afraid, we're actually rejoicing in the fact that we're in this spiritual war. We, we talk about how to think about uh, the battles themselves, these particular battles that you might be in right now. Remember, little, right now, uh, not forever sort of, of battles. We've talked about the promises that the Lord makes in these necessary battles that He has prepared us for and prepared us for mightily. And then we spent the last couple of weeks talking about, okay, now how do we prepare for those battles? So we, we know what to think about them. We know what's true about the battles. Battles. So, so we, we've got the right head uh, about the particular battles that come our way. We've got the right head about how to think about the war in general, but how do we prepare for that now? How do we get ready for those battles? Is it just be aware of it, uh, and now that you know how to think of it? Now, the, the Bible is going to tell us a few things to do, and so for the last couple of weeks, we looked at, well, what do you do? You sober up, uh, you wake up, and you armor up, and you do those things all the way right? You sober up, you wake up, you armor up, and you go all the way in those things. You total, you sober up uh, completely, you wake up completely, you armor up completely. Remember the word all, 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 repeated over and over and over again uh, by the Lord uh, in those passages. But today, we're not going to talk about preparation anymore. Today, we're going to talk about avoidance. We're going to talk about how one of the best ways to be prepared uh, for the battle is to know how to avoid the snares to begin with. Uh, to, the best way to, to win the battle is often to avoid it 
before it comes. That's actually part of winning the battle. That part of the way that Satan brings the battle against us is he sets snares for us. One of the things you want to do is not step into the snare, right? Not get into the battle. Not be in the midst of it when there could be paths you take to avoid, uh, avoid the trap. And that's what we're going to look at. So turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. We know, uh, actually turn to Proverbs chapter 2. I'm just going to mention 1 Peter 5 for just a second. So uh, turn to Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to be in there for, for uh, just a few moments. Because we know, we know the battle, uh, we know the devil's looking for a battle. We know, 1 Peter 5, that he is a lying, uh, ro- a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We know that. We know he's looking for the, the chance. So how can we stay clear of his attacks? Now, you and I know, can we survive every battle? Can we win every battle? Yes, 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 yes. Hundred generations, a thousand generations, yes. Uh, that, is, that is true. But battling against evil is no place for undue Christian bravado, right? So what we're going to do is we're not going to say, all right, you've armored up, you've woken up, there's the devil's snare, and so you win the battle by seeing the trap and going, I don't care, uh, and stepping right into it. In fact, the Bible tells us that one of the things God does, part of God's delivering us from evil comes in that he gives us the wisdom to stay out of the fights. He gives us the wisdom to avoid the snares, to avoid the traps. Uh, So look at Proverbs chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the path. You hear a lot of the words that we've seen already are then used in the New Testament quite a bit for talking about God's protection in spiritual war. Guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity. Every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil. So that's what we're looking at today. Today, what what wisdom has God given us to avoid fights, to avoid battles, to avoid snares, to avoid the lion that is seeking someone to devour? The the lion is prowling around. The devil is prowling around. How do you avoid him? So today we're going to look at three different ways that the Bible tells us to avoid the devil. Three different ways to avoid his snares today. Uh, And then we'll look at three uh, next week. Uh, So the idea is you're awake. uh, You're you're sober. You're armored up. uh, You've got all of it on. You've got all your armor on. You're awake all the way. You're sober all the way. Your enemy's outside looking for a chance. He's outside, the lion's outside, looking for someone to devour. What do you do? What do you do? Well, one of the best ways to win a battle against Satan is to not get into one. Uh, One of the best ways to win the battle, and the Bible gives us a lot of wisdom to avoid these battles. You want to win a spiritual war in your house? Well, you don't, you don't prove that you can win this war and these battles by just picking fights, right? You're not like, hey, let me show you how self-controlled I can be. Uh, let me try and get my wife really riled up and make her say something uh, untoward to me and I won't say anything back uh, at victory. Uh, that's not what you do. You don't, you don't pick fights. You, you take battles and you win them when they come up. Uh, but, but you pick your fights, you don't pick a fight, right? Uh, you pick your fights, you don't pick a fight. 
Again, can you win every fight? Yes. Can we win every battle? But it would be foolish to pick a, pick a battle to, in order to prove that. If an attack can be avoided by the wisdom of the Lord, then avoid it. And that's what we're going to try and do uh, for the next several weeks. And again, here's where knowing our enemy is important. Because often when we think of armor, we think sort of medieval and even Roman. You know, we think the point of armor is you put the armor on so that you can sort of line up uh, on the battlefield uh, against your foe. You know, our armor is shining in the sun and uh, we're, you know, we're standing here and he's standing there. And, and then, you know, there's the charge and we sort of slam into each other. That's kind of what we think when we think about putting on armor. But that's not really... That's not really how our enemy attacks. Our enemy, again, he, he certainly does that sometimes. Our, our enemy certainly does that sometimes. But we must have wisdom to understand not just our enemy's attacks, but our enemy himself. And Satan's battles are not always head on. And so this is why we have to be careful. Because it's not just going to be a matter of, you're, you know, you see the lion and so you're armored up. You see him, and so then you go out and and smack head on. That's not how our enemy often does. Satan is cunning, and so often are his fights. So often are his his battles. They are disguised. I mean, just like Satan uh, disguises himself as an angel of light, so too often the battles that he brings to us will come to us unawares, unannounced. Uh, Often they don't seem like what they are. They'll come toward us and it doesn't seem like, you know, it's not like when you get into these, these spiritual particular battles that you can see, you know, Satan sort of marching up uh, and here comes the battle. They're, they're often snares, traps. Uh, and so we're going to talk about how to avoid those things. And, and that's, that's what Satan does. So, so, so again, the problem is sometimes the fight, sometimes the battle doesn't look like it's a battle until you're already in it. Sometimes the fight doesn't look like it's going to be a fight till you're already fighting. And like we talked about a few weeks ago, often, or last week, often already wounded. And that, that's when Satan gets us. Since to be, I mean, when you think about it, Satan didn't come into the garden and, you know, walk in and say, hey, everybody, let's sin, right? Uh, that's not what he did. And Adam and we were like, yeah, oh, we shouldn't have said yeah. I mean, that's not what he does. He comes in with cunning. And then before you know it, he's convinced you to to give up paradise for a bite of fruit. And that's what he does. That's what he does. And so how can we as Christians avoid the enemy's attacks? And and one of the best ways uh, to to win uh, the battles, one of the best ways to do that is to not get into them. So today we'll look at how to win the battles by by not getting into them. Again, again, your, your shield, the shield of faith can stop all the fiery darts of Satan. They can, I mean, all the, all the claws of the lion. He blunt, the, the, the shield of faith can blunt them. But that doesn't mean you step outside and go, here, kitty, kitty. That's not what you do, right? Just because you can win those, just because your armor can stop them, doesn't mean you go out and say, all right, bring it on. So let's look at how to, how to, stay, how to stay clear of the devil, how to win the battle by avoiding them, how to beat the devil by avoiding uh, his snares. The first thing we're going to see, first way to uh, to not fall into his traps, to not fall uh, into his battles, uh, is to don't give him an opening. Okay, don't give him 
an opening. Like we said earlier, we know that Satan is uh, roaming about looking for someone to devour. Well, if that's the case, then don't put yourself on the menu. The devil's looking for chances to afflict God's people. Remember, we we saw this all the way back in the book of Job. Remember we saw in Job 1 and in Job 2, Satan is is there in heaven before the Lord. God asks him, you know, where'd you come from? You know, what, 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 and what, what does Satan say he's been doing? He's, he says, I'm from going to and fro on the earth, right? And walking up and down on it. Well, when the, when Satan says he's been going to and fro on the earth and walking up and down on it, he hasn't just been going for some sort of morning constitutional. Uh, you know, I was getting my steps in, Lord, uh, and now I'm here. What's he doing when he's going to and fro, when he's walking up about the earth? He's been looking for people, looking specifically for people to devour. And the Lord understands it. That's why God says, hey, in your wanderings, have you noticed Job? Because he knows when Satan is wandering, he's looking for folks. And so God says, in, you know, as you've been walking, going to and fro, have you, have you noticed my servant Job? God knows that Satan's not just looking. Satan is hunting. And hunting people, considering them. Have you considered my servant Job? And what does Satan say to him? Yes, I have. But what? But I can't touch him. And I can't touch him. Why? Because you're guarding him. You have, he says, you've put a hedge around him, which we've seen is true of what he does for all of his believers. He's guarding all of us in that way, as even we just read that again in, in Proverbs chapter 2. So Satan is going around the earth. He's considering the people of God, looking for chances, looking for opportunities. And he's got this vast network at, at his employ, all of his evil ones, all of the evil on the earth, bent for that same desire to bring sin into the life of the Christian. It's in this reality that Paul writes Ephesians 4. So look at Ephesians 4. This is right before getting to the armor of God in Ephesians 6. Look at what he says in Ephesians 4. Here's the reality of the situation. Ephesians 4, go down to verse 26. He says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. And here, Paul, Paul is just quoting from the book of Psalms here. He's quoting from Psalm chapter 4, verse 4. Be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your hearts, on your beds and be silent. So, so he's just quote, he quotes that from this. So, so, and then he, he talks about anger because what's the, it's so easy to be angry and to just spout off and say something. So easy when you're angry to lose self-control. And that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants you to not even be able to control yourself. Because if you can't control you, you certainly can't control him. He wants you to be angry, to lose self-control. Because anger, what, anger is specifically, specifically an avenue that the devil likes to use. I mean, the lion loves a good argument. He does. So, for example, Psalm 37, verse 8. Refrain from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. But we know that, 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 that that's, a, that's a avenue the, the, that the devil can use, but the devil's going to look for any avenue. Now, is, is anger a great avenue for spiritual battle? It is. It's a great avenue. The Bible warns us a lot about it being an avenue toward evil. But it is not the only avenue. 
The devil is looking for opportunities in your life. Do not give him one. And here the, the word translated opportunity there when it says don't give, give no opportunity to the devil. Here the word opportunity is just the word, the word for place. Don't give the devil a place. Don't give him a spot. That's why uh, some, some translations, you might have even be, been familiar with, don't give the devil a foothold. Right? That, that's the, just don't give him a spot, a place where he can get. What's the idea behind that? The idea is don't give the devil an opening. Don't give him an opportunity. Don't give him a place in your life for him to, boom, be able to latch on to you. Don't give him a spot to think, we're talking about Job, and you've put a hedge around him, right? Don't give him a spot to go, there's the opening in the hedge. There it is. And it's an opening in the hedge that you made. Because of your lack of self-control, because of your anger, because whatever it is. Don't give him that spot. Don't give him that opening because he will take it. You want to win the battle? One of the key things you can do is don't give the devil an opening in your life. Specifically, the Bible often talks about anger as a way that that happens. Be extra guarded against being angry, against wrath, against also what? Against fretting. Fret not. It leads only to evil. Those of you are like, I, I never get angry, but you sit and fret a lot. So men, you're hearing the anger one and you're going, yep, 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 yep. Uh, women, you're hearing the fretting one and you're going, I, let's talk about the anger one some more. Uh, because what does it say? Both of those things are going to lead only to evil. They are opportunities that you are giving the evil one. Whether you are angry and lose self-control or you lose self-control because of your fretting, they are openings in the hedge to the lion. And he will take them. They do no good to you. The anger of man never produces the righteousness of God. Fretting does not add one hair to your life. Anxiety does not help you one bit. But you know what they will do? They will open a chance. For the lion to pounce. You want to win the battle? Don't give the devil an uh, an opening. Don't give him an opportunity. Watch out for any chance in your life where you're taking the hedge that God has put around you and you're saying, open it up. Don't give the devil an opening. So that's that's one way. Don't give the devil an opening. So, So sometimes the devil takes what we give him. Right? You give him an opening, the devil's going to take it. But sometimes the devil tries to take what he can. Right, so sometimes it's, it's us who just open the door, which is just silly, right? There's a lion outside. Well, I'm going to open the door of anger. Uh, that's going to be the way that he can come right in. I'm going to lose self-control and, you know, fling the door open or, or whatever. But sometimes the devil takes what he can get. Uh, sometimes we, we lay it out there on a platter for him. But, and other times he's, he'll try and rattle our cage uh, and get a response. So what do we do then? Sometimes we get angry and Satan goes, there's my opportunity. But there are other times, and then that's when he throws the trap in front of us then, right? We've given him the opportunity. But what do we do when Satan is trying to stir us up to anger? What do we do when Satan himself is trying to create the opening? Well, the Bible tells us what we do is resist him. Okay, so don't give him an opening. That's one. Number two, resist him. Resist the devil. Don't give you an opening, resist him. Look at James chapter 4, verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. 
resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we've got the devil looking to devour us. What do we do? We resist him and he will flee from us. We avoid, uh, uh, we avoid the fight. But we, we, we don't avoid the fight because we're scared. We avoid the fight. We resist it because we're not dumb. That's what we do. We don't, we're not avoiding it because we're afraid of the devil. We resist it because we're not, we're not stupid. It's like we said at the, at the start. It, avoiding the fight is part of the blessed wisdom of God. God says, I give you this wisdom to be delivered from that. I give you this wisdom so that the wisdom can guard you, so that the wisdom can keep you from it, so that the wisdom can deliver you from the snares that the evil one has put in front of you, that he's trying to get you to take the bait that he's trying to get you to take. Don't take it. Don't take the bait. Resist what he's brought into your life. And if you do that, he will flee from you. And when we're trying to, when we're trying to avoid fights, it's out of wisdom, not, not fear that drives that. It's wisdom. We're armored up, and we know this, we're armored up, and we're facing the enemy. We're not running away. In the description of putting on the armor, as we'll see two weeks from now, maybe three weeks from now, Easter, maybe four weeks, who knows, we'll get there. So as, we, as we'll see, we aren't, we aren't timidly running from the enemy in our armor, clink, clank, clink, clank, running away. We're facing him. We're standing, we're standing against him. We're confident that we can win any battle he brings our way. And this is what we see. When, when we resist Satan, he flees from us. When we resist him, he flees from us. Now, now normally, how we view that is that when we think of fights, is we think we're the one who needs to flee. That's how we normally think of the battle. We think, oh, you know, you, bat- you armor up and-, and you have your shield, but you should probably put your shield on the ba- your back because you're going to be running away. He's going to be shooting at your back because you're trying to get away. Shield doesn't do any good unless you're facing the enemy, right? And even, even that Greek word that we saw, it's, it's, it's you're facing toward him. You're toward standing. And, I mean, our enemy, our enemy is scary. We don't want, we're not downplaying the scariness of our enemy here. We are not that foolish. I mean, he is, he is depicted as a lion. He's depicted as a dragon, as a serpent. He is those things. It's not, and Satan, Satan is no teddy bear. He is a very real enemy and a dangerous one. But it is he that will flee from us. How? How? I mean, I don't feel like a dragon. I don't feel like a lion. Hopefully, I don't feel like a serpent. How is he going to flee from us? What does it say? When we resist him, which is so simple. It's so, it's so simple. I mean, the devil is not a fan of resistance. He's not. Wait, this, is why I lo- it's like, it's, this is why I love things like predators. You know, like predators will go in for a meal, but they go after the weak one. They go after the young one. And if something puts up a fight, they will run. The kids and I were just watching videos of a house cat attacking a black bear. And the, the black bear was there, and the house cat just went, yeah, uh, and then went, shah, at his face. And the black bear shot up a tree, shot up a tree, and was staring back down at the cat. And the cat was like, yeah, that's right, buddy. Uh, uh, and so, and, but that's what predators do. When predators are faced with prey that simply resists, often they're like, I'm out. And the funny thing is, our great predator does the same things. You resist him, and he will flee from you. Satan does not like resist. I mean, we can, we can talk. 
all the time about how we wrestled with the devil and we're fighting temptation and all that. But the reality is, if you resist him, if you actually resist him, he'll flee from you. Christian, I hate to tell us this. Many of our night struggles with temptation and all, they're, they aren't because we're wrestling with the devil, but rather because we're not. That's the problem. We can sit and pretend like, oh, I'm really fighting, it's real struggle. But the Bible says you resist and he will flee. And we've got to recognize that when we're up all night struggling and we're battling, we're trying to, when the, the, the reality is we're actually not wrestling. We're not resisting him. It's a false battle. And we've got, one of the things we've got to realize is recognize, I'm not really fighting. I'm trying to hang on to this sin. That's what I'm doing. And I'm trying to make it seem like it's real hard and trying to make it seem like it's real difficult. And, and the Bible says, if I resist him, he will flee. If you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. What does it mean to resist the devil? What does that mean? Resist him. What does that look like? And we've actually seen this word before in Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verse 13. Where it says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Now, I don't know if you noticed the emphasis that I put on a certain word, but it's the word withstand there. It's the word translated withstand, which if you remember uh, is a combination of two words, anti and stand. The Greek word is anti. Uh, Anti and stand. Uh, anti-stand. If you will stand against him, if you'll stand it, stand against what he's doing. Stand up to what he's doing and he will flee from you. If you stand against the devil, he will flee from you. Stand against the devil, he'll flee from you. Anti-stand the devil, he will flee from you. Just stand against what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to make you feel a certain way or act a certain way. Stand against that. Don't go with it. Resist it. Trying to get your emotions to feel like this, either to be angry or glum or dour, whatever they are, just resist it. Don't give in to those feelings. He wants you to do something. You feel a temptation to act a certain way. Know where that's coming from. Stand against it. Don't go with it. Be a rock. Stand against what he's trying to do. This is this again. It's not even the only time we we're told that resisting the devil works. First Peter chapter five verse eight, the, the passage that we looked at earlier about the lion, the seeking to devour us. Listen to what the next verse says: Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a lion, seeking someone to devour. What does verse nine say of First Peter five? Resist him. Resist him. How? Firm in your faith knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So what do you do with the lion in the street? There's a lion in the street. What do you do? It says, hey, there's a lion in the street. Sing your What do you do? Verse 9 says, resist him. That's what you do. You, and again, it's that same word. You stand against him. Stand against what he's trying to do in your life. Resist the devil. When Satan tries to create an opening, when he tries to get a response from you, what do you do? You stand against it. You resist it. And as it says, you stand firm. That's why I said be a rock. You stand firm. Because the word there for firm is the word used to describe something strong, something solid, like a solid wall, a firm wall. Be a wall. Don't let, in other words, don't let your emotions move you. Don't, don't let him move you. And don't let him use your emotions to move you. You set yourself firm. Don't listen to him. And certainly don't believe him. And that's why it gets to, what are we firm in? You're firm in your faith. 
That's what Peter told us to stand firm in. And that's where our firmness is founded, is in our faith. Well, what faith? What does Peter say? Look at 1 Peter 5, 9, 10, and 11. So resist him, firm in your faith. What? Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And, number two, after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. So what are, you to, what are you to do? Well, how do you resist what faith you have? Resist firm in your faith. Faith in what? Faith that you're not alone. Faith that you're not the only one going through these battles. Faith that you're not some pathetic example of Christianity because you're battling the evil one. Look, these sorts of battles are what everyone is going through. The, the lion is seeking to devour all of us. He's got, you know, he's got, a, he's got names on a chart. He's ready to go after us. And he's done that. So that's why it says there are other believers Going through the same things. This is, this is verse 9. Going through the same things. Fighting the same fights. Stand firm in your faith. What faith? You're not alone. Stand firm in your faith. What faith? You're not abandoned. Because that's the next thing he talks about in verse 10 and 11. You're not abandoned. Why? Because the su- your suffering that you're in now, this battle that you're facing, the lion coming after you, resist him. Well, why am I, why am I resisting? He's trying to bring this battle to me and I'm resisting it. I'm not giving in. Why, how can I have faith in the midst of that? Because you know what God's going to do. You know God has not abandoned you. You know that suffering is not the end of your story because God's not abandoned you. After the little while... There's that same word, remember, that we saw earlier, the little right now aspect. Here we see it repeated again, like we saw 1 Peter 5.10. After you've suffered a little while, after the little while of this battle is going to come the forever of restoration, confirmation, strengthening, establishing. And you know that's going to happen. Why? Because God has dominion. The lion does not. At least that lion does not. The lion will not have you. Why? Because God will not give you to him. And so you can stand firm in your faith and not, not, not give in to what the devil is telling you about yourself or about what you're going through. So resist him. Don't give him the opening that he's trying to get. Because you know the Lord has dominion. You don't fear the devil because you know the devil doesn't rule. Your God does. And so since you're not afraid, what do you do? You resist. If you're afraid, you don't resist. If you're fearful that your enemy is too strong for you, you don't resist. You just get, just give in, just go with it, just go with it, just go with it. But if you know that you can stand up to the enemy and you know that there's someone behind you that will cause you to stand up to the enemy and will strengthen you and establish you, then what do you do? You resist what that enemy says. And that's what the Bible tells us to do. You resist. He brings temptations at you. You stand against it. You, you have faith. One of the chief ways to stand against the devil is simply to believe God more than you believe Him. Almost every time someone falls into temptation, it goes back to the fact that they believed what the devil whispered in their ear more than what God says in in His Word. Almost every time. I can go to them and say, this is what God says about a blessed and good life, and you didn't believe Him, you believed what the enemy whispered in your ear. That's why you stand firm in your faith. And that's why you need the words of Proverbs 2, the wisdom of God to even know what faith you're standing in, to know what God has even said so that you can believe Him. This is why it's so essential to be constantly reading your word, to be constantly studying the word so that you have as much wisdom to defend against as many traps as possible. One of the the things that always blows me away when I go to Kyle's class is how little I know 
about the world around me and about how everything, uh, not only will it not kill you, but some of it's actually good for you. Uh, and, and as I'm like, I'm going, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Why does he know those things? He, doesn't, he wasn't born with some, well, he might have been, I don't know, he's a little different. Uh, he wasn't born with this innate knowledge of creation. What well, he studied and learned what, what God, God's world, he, he read about it. He talked about things that he read and things that he studied, videos, all these things. Well, the same thing is true of us. If you want to know what snares the enemy is going to throw at you, if you want to know what's true and what's not true, the only way to know it is to be told it by God through his word. So you want to avoid the enemy, you want to resist him, get in the word of God. Because you've got to stand firm in your faith, but your faith is going to be born, is going to be bred, and is going to be built from God's word. Resist the devil and he will flee from you but resistance again it's it's not foolish it's not it's not a foolish you're, you're not you're not in an arm wrestling contest with the devil here this isn't this isn't your chance to sort of show him uh that, that you know you're a you're a black belt in you know jesus jitsu or something like that your opportunity here is to resist him and then what do you do you resist him and then you get out of there in other words if if the devil is is tempting you with something you resist the temptation, but you don't sit there to show him just how much temptation you can resist, right? Uh, so if you're tempted uh, to say something or tempted to act a certain way, you don't just sit there and I'm going to show you how long I can hold my tongue or how long I can keep from being angry. You, you, you get away from that trap. And that's what we're going to talk about here you resist him, what do you do? You get out of there. Uh, whatever he's trying to do to create an opportunity, you get away from that. So the third thing is you flee his traps. Flee his traps. Okay, so don't give him an opening. Resist him, right? He's, he's trying to, and then flee the traps that you see. Flee his traps. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, 11 and 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 11 and 12. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you are called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So flee these things. Now wait, right? You should be going, wait, 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 wait. Why are we fleeing? Now, the whole point was that we didn't need to flee. Why are we, why are we fleeing? I thought, God, I thought God had prepared us. And I thought he'd prepared us to win and to win mightily. I thought, I thought that if we resisted him, he would flee from us. Is this some sort of battle where we both sort of look at each other and then we both scream at the same time and run away, right? Uh, is that what's going on? Well, what are we fleeing from? Go back to verse. That's why context is always important. Context is always important. You're going to understand what the verse is saying by normally reading the verses before and after it. So what are we fleeing from? Look back at verse 9. 1 Timothy 6, 9. So we did 11 and 12, but look at what he said in verse 9. What we're fleeing from. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. What you're fleeing from is you're fleeing from his traps. You're not fleeing from him. Again, he flees from you. 
You're fleeing from Satan's traps. You're getting away from his traps. You're not fleeing from him. You, you take the battle that comes your way, but you don't step into a trap in order to get there. You're not stepping into, okay, I can face any battle. Let me step into this trap to prove it. Again, what are his traps? What are his snares? What does it say in verse 9? They're temptations. Temptations. He's going to bring temptations. He's going to, he's going to, these are going to cause you to fall into temptation into a snare. We don't, we don't go into senseless battles that we don't have to fight. Battles that we are only in because we stepped into his trap. I mean, the trap is the start of that. He's, he's, laying, he's laying traps as part of the battle. The temptation, he's trying to trap you in our part of the battle. That's what he does when he's battling you. And you have the power to avoid them. That's how God's prepared you. He's given you eyes to see them, to recognize that these are traps. And he's given you a heart that is able for once to finally say no to the traps of the evil one. Because previously, your heart before salvation was ensnared to the traps of the evil one. There is no temptation that you simply have to fall prey to. There's no trap that you have to fall into. So avoid them. Even better, flee from them. Satan will try and trap you. He'll put snares in your path. Flee from those snares. Don't even mess with temptation. Run from it. In real life, if you were out in the woods and you saw like a bear trap, you and you, you know, if your kids were over there, you wouldn't be like, oh, kids, there's a trap. Feel free to investigate it. But beware, it is a trap. No, you'd say, let's get out of here. But let's get out of here slowly, because if there's one here, there might be another. Let's not all take off running. Uh, let's, let's move away, though. Uh, you wouldn't say, listen, that's the same way we should treat the, the traps and snares of the evil. You don't investigate them. You don't go, okay, let's see how long I can, let's see how, let me, let me press a little bit on the bear trap. I know it's a pressure trap. So let me put, not one pound, okay. Will it snap at two pounds? Not two pounds, okay. Three pounds, okay. You wouldn't do that. And yet that's what we often do with the snares of Satan. He will, he will put the trap in front of us. We'll recognize that it's there but we'll think, maybe I can just, maybe I can handle just a little bit more. Maybe I, flee, flee from his temptations. Flee from his traps. You start to feel like you're getting angry, get out of there. You start to feel as if you are beginning to fret, don't feed the fretfulness. Get away from it. Recognize that it's a trap. If you start to go, I'm getting really anxious, go, trap, it's a trap. It's a trap. Uh, And get away from it. Flee from it because you know what it is. Don't play with it because that's how you end up getting caught. Don't, don't step into a snare that God has through his word prepared you to see and recognize. Don't step into it. Flee from it because if you can run from Satan's traps, then you're you're ripping the teeth right out of the lion's mouth. All right, so what can, we, what can we do with these things? And we'll look, at, we'll look at three more next week that the Bible gives us. This is how you, this is how you deal with this, how you avoid uh, these battles or win the battle really by avoiding the trap because the trap is, is part of the battle. Uh, can you win every battle? Yes. Uh, but part of what God has given us is wisdom to avoid the battles. 
wisdom to avoid these. Even, even just being aware uh, that sa- what Satan does, these subtle battles that Satan brings to you. Just knowing that he doesn't always fight head on. So that you'll look for, for, for traps in the way that Satan's going to look for openings in your life. He's going to try to set traps. God's word is just giving you the wisdom even to understand that's how it's going to take place. He's not just going to march up for you and say, are you ready to go? They're just going to come in from the side. It's going to be cunning. Just having that wisdom will help us so much. Understanding our enemy, which comes from God's word, is going to help us so much. And today we learned three things about, about avoiding those snares, about avoiding those traps, about avoiding what the, 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 the battles. And we saw, don't give the devil an opportunity. Resist him and flee from his snares, flee from his traps. Don't give him an opening. Resist him and flee. So ask yourself, you know, what are common openings that Satan has used to attack you? Because the, real, the reality of most of our Christian struggles is Satan isn't using five or six different openings in the hedge. Normally, we have an avenue that is, is an easily traversable one of all things. It is the least dense part of our hedge. Uh, it is a common avenue that he takes, a common opportunity. Look at your life. What openings does the enemy typically take in your life? What openings are you typically giving him? Beware of that. Understand that about yourself. Understand what are the paths that normally lead to me sinning? Are there certain sins that you let yourself get away with? Is there a place, an opening in your head, a breach in your wall, a door that you keep opening up? Use God's wisdom to recognize that and close the opening. What what temptation does, does Satan usually use? Beware of that opening that you give him. And the Bible warns a lot about anger, about anger, fretfulness. What, what is it? What is the opening that Satan uses in your life? When it comes to resistance, uh, standing against it, what, what sins are you not standing against? What temptations are you not resisting? Are there temptations in your life that you don't resist very well? Again, certain sins you let yourself get away with. Sins, because we've got to understand, the sins won't stop there. They're planting seeds for other sins. They're creating openings. They're tearing down the wall for a greater battle. Resist him. The devil will flee from us if we stand against him. So what sin do you need to start not just seeing and hating, but standing against? Not just being aware of it, but standing against it. Is it your mouth? Are you you unkind with your words? Is it your mind? Do you allow yourself to sit and stew on things or to think untrue or unrighteous things? Are you allowing it or are you resisting those things? Standing against them. I will not do that. I will not allow myself to do that. I will take every thought captive for obedience to Christ. I will and I can because Christ has told me to and enabled me to. Resist those temptations. Stand against them. Those temptations are an attack from the devil. It's trying to destroy you. Don't just let that happen. Resist him. And if you just resist, if you just stand against it, he will flee. So if you've got temptations that you seem to think, I'm resisting, I'm resisting, and he's not fleeing, recognize you're probably not resisting. This is probably the battle, is you're trying to tell yourself you're standing against it when really you're trying to hold on to it. Confess that. Stand against it. And he will flee 
from you. And then lastly, we saw flee from his traps. So we're looking at your life. What traps are you falling prey to? Common traps. What sin do you keep finding yourself doing? But what you can often do is trace that sin back. If there's a sin you keep doing, if, if it's something that comes out of your mouth, the way that you're acting, you can trace those sins back and find the cause. What led you here? Like something, there's the sin when, you, when something comes out of your mouth, right? You say, but it's not just like that word just went blah out of your mouth. You're like, Whoa, where'd that come from? Uh, it's normally you started feeling a certain way. Maybe you started feeling a certain way about the person that you're talking to. Uh, and you got to trace it back and go, why did I start feeling this way about them? Where did it begin? Maybe it's not even about this person. Maybe it's something else just kind of put you in a bad mood. Uh, and so this person just happened to be the one that was there when you let it all out. But trace it back to its source. What was the trap that Satan set and you fell into? And now here's the result of that. Was it discontentment? Was it your pride? What did Satan wound to get you here? When you trace it all back to that point, where did it begin? Flee that trap. What was it that made you angry to the point that you sinned in this way? Trace it back. See where he set the trap. Was it about a particular thing you're going through in life? Was it about your situation in life? What was it? What did he put in front of you and you stepped right into it and flee that, flee those thoughts, flee those actions because they will lead to more things. Flee these traps. And again, God's wisdom allows us to see them, but you must avoid them. Wisdom is going to deliver you from me by showing you what the trap is. Don't be foolish and recognize the trap and step into it anyway. Flee those traps. And, and with that, on a positive note, really with all these things, what can we do to say, thank God for his wisdom. Thank God for his wisdom to see these things. We, we began all this by looking at how God's word gives us wisdom to see these things for what they are and to avoid them. Like we said, God is so gracious to give us eyes to see the traps and hearts that want to avoid them. Remember that. Stand firm in that faith. Resist the devil. Don't give him an opening and flee from the traps that he sets in front of you. Let's pray. Christian, just remember, you can win every battle. But sometimes the victory is found in avoiding the battles that Satan tries to bring your way. Winning the battles by not stepping into the traps by resisting the temptations. Don't give the devil an opportunity. Stand against him. Resist him. Flee from the temptation traps that he sets in front of you. And thank God that you can. And thank God that you want to. Father, we come to you today and God, this, this, the, how foolish it would be to think that we could, we could stand against the, the devil in ourselves. We know that all of this, your armor, your preparation, your wisdom, it all comes from you. And I pray, Father, that as you have, have delivered us through your word and you, you've shown us what wisdom is. And, and Father, you have equipped us and prepared us. I, I pray, Father, that we would see the wisdom that enables us to be delivered by avoiding the traps of the enemy. 
And that, Father, we would not give him an opening in any way. And, Father, if there are openings that we have just left in our lives and we're really happy because the hedge is really strong over here, I'd never be tempted by this or I'd never be tempted by that. But we've just got an open door over here, this other area that Satan keeps coming back to and coming back to. Father, let us not glory in a three-quarters hedge. Help us to see any opening, Father, and help us to, to, to not give him an opening. To not give the devil an opportunity, not give him a place in our lives because we know the only thing he wants to do when he gets there is devour us. Help us to see that and avoid it, Father. Father, help us to resist him. Help us to stand against anything that he's trying to get us to do. Help us to stand against it firm in our faith that we we do not believe his lies. We believe you. We believe you about what a good life is. We believe you about what you say about these temptations and these these things that are come our way and what, what they will do to our lives. We believe you. And so we resist him. We know, we know what listening to him will bring. Destruction, devouring. And so we stand against it. Equipped by your word, guided by your spirit, enlivened by the Son. Help us, Father, to stand against our enemy. And Father, help us to see and flee his traps. To not in foolishness, no, this is, this is a struggle for me, this is a struggle for me, it gets me every time, it gets me every time, and just step in it. To not test it, to not see just how, how close we can get to the snare, but to flee from it, to get as far away from it as we can, to want nothing to do with it, to use your wisdom to see the trap and to get as far away as possible. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you because without it, Father, we would be blind. We would be blind and we would be dead. So we'd be walking into Satan's traps and we wouldn't even care. Father, you have made our hearts alive so that we hate our sin. We want nothing to do with him. That's why we're in the war to begin with. And then you've given our eyes sight. A supernatural sight to see even the snares of the most wicked and deceptive lion there is. Thank you, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.